0: This is T.D.P.S.
1: Eric! Yes, Christopher? Are you sick of doing promos for my new books yet? That depends. Are we at the beach? Yes, we're at Sapphire Cove, the fictional Southern California resort featured in my new gay romance series coming in 2022. This is alarming. When did we go outside? You were transported by the powerful prose of C. Travis Rice. That's my new pen name devoted to steamy and emotional tales of romance between men.
0: Yeah, no, that's not it. I was about to eat a sandwich in the studio and now I'm being harassed by seagulls.
1: Brandon, get rid of the seagulls, please. Oh, that's much better. Now I have to pee. First, pre-order your copy of Sapphire Sunset, the first installment in the Sapphire Cove series, which goes on sale March 1st, 2022, from Blue Box Press when a new member of the resort security department falls hard for the nephew of the wealthy family that owns the place, sparks fly, and sexy scandal ensues at Sapphire Cove. Uh, Yeah, could you pre-order that for me? I'm going to run to the little podcaster's room.
0: Brandon, come get this seagull.
1: I can't help it if my writing Uh, sets the scene.
0: I know what I'm going to set if someone doesn't come get this seagull. Where'd you get that sandwich?
1: Sapphire Sunset, the first book in the Sapphire Cove series from C. Travis Rice. Now available for pre-order. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Have you been to my website lately? Why would I go to your website? You're sitting right here. Well, it's the place to find out all about my new books. Why would I go to your website for that? Again, you're sitting right here. All right. Well, for people who aren't right here, ChristopherRiceBooks.com is a great place to get information about my new releases.
0: Which you'll give me copies of because I'm sitting right here.
1: Yeah, maybe. But for those who aren't currently sitting in our studio on the Sunset Strip, check out my website, sign up for my mailing list and check out all the posts on my blog where I talk smack about Eric Shaw Quinn. What smack? Shut up and read this new book I wrote. Fuck that and fuck christopherricebooks.com. This ad did not go as planned. This was an ad? I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. And there was a comment happening about my, my attitude and how sleepy I looked oh before God. we started recording. Sad
0: sack. It looked like he was getting ready to be pissed off at me because we were doing the podcast. And I was like, are you kidding? I don't even get top billing. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I all I was doing was resting my forehead Against the foam around my microphone I like to do that, it's very meditative and soft That is not all he was doing I'd, Occasionally I play a game called pig nose Where I put Which my nose up against the
0: So don't use Christopher's microphone Because no. he's been wiping his nose on
1: it I'm not wiping, I'm just resting In yeah, a way that makes me look it, like a pig
0: It is not possible to exclude one From the other
1: <laughs> I don't know what's going on over with your nose But my nose is more together than that <laughs> I've been working hard on my nose. I see. All right, all right. That's enough of that. So if whatever. I
0: wipe my penis on your microphone, <laughs> but I don't pee on it, it's okay.
1: <laughs> I think we should move on from this topic. I promise to get pig nose is canceled,
0: <laughs> or that's your microphone, and we're putting your name on. We get bejeweled, well,
1: Christopher. You you finally labeled your cup. You have a—you go crazy with the label machine.
0: Well, the reason I did it was because we used to could tell the difference because one had a stopper in the bottom of it yeah. and one didn't, and now neither of them do. And so I put the label on so that we would be able to tell them apart. I could have just put Abrawang
1: on it or uh, Abra- Trudy, and they would still have <laughs> been too—because otherwise they're identical. <laughs> But the best part about the one that had no stopper was that there would be a nice surprise. All the water that had collected during the cleaning of it would come gushing out all over your lap right here in the studio. (laughs) Whose cup is this? I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. I can't work like this. I made a really amazing discovery this morning. What?
0: I've been doing this thing called—have you heard of a thing called overnight
1: oats? Uh, you told me about it, but I've already forgotten. So tell us all. My diet
0: advisor would like suggested this as a possible breakfast choice. You put oatmeal and moonshine, and uh, no, sadly, no moonshine. Absolutely. I guess you could, but um, that's not recommended. Yeah. Um, and peanut butter and um, and uh, Greek yogurt. Ooh, tastes like in tea. a bowl. And you stir it up, and then you put it in a container and seal it up overnight at least and then I add some berries um to give it I don't know sparkle or whatever (laughs) anyway so but your point is really salient so this morning I was I was discovering uh I was going through the process and I, I discovered that yogurt has an expiration date
1: This is a discovery for you? Did well, you think yogurt lasted forever?
0: I just—the the realization was, oh, my God, this gets worse? <laughs> <laughs> like, how can you tell? Like, does it turn black? Like, my impression of yogurt was that the spoiling had already happened before I bought it. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, it's kind of spoiled milk, so— so it spoils again? It spoils a second Twice time. Twice
1: spoiled yogurt. Yes.
0: So like <laughs> I have no idea. You were the one who said taste like feet. Like, yeah, um Greek
1: yogurt is particularly sour.
0: I just it's like I just was like really taken aback by that idea. It's like I just don't know what that would mean, but it must be you know, catastrophic like like people running from Godzilla. <laughs> ah! Catastrophic attack of the of the attack of the yogurt, right? Yeah, the um, yeah, it's just yeah. I thought that I went into a a frozen
1: yogurt shop with you once, and the clerk behind the counter became convinced that she was going to make you like yogurt. She was like, "Here, try this sample of lemon ginger." Change my attitude. Here, try this sample of vanilla armpit. Here, try this, and it ended with you cowering in the corner of the store, saying to the woman, "Stop giving me yogurt." <laughs> she wouldn't quit. It was like, leave me alone. I don't want to taste anymore yogurt. Please I hate yogurt. yogurt. I hate yogurt. I hate yogurt. Yeah. So anyway, I'm surprised. How did how did Diet Woman? I'm so I don't mean to talk about her in a denigrating way. How did it's your like pioneer woman? I think it's she could have, it could be the start of a whole new franchise. How did Diet Woman get you to incorporate yogurt into anything to begin with?
0: Di- I'm a good sport about dieting.
2: Okay. Like I'm,
1: I
0: always say that if you if you say I have to eat a bug for breakfast, I, if I get results, I will. Like mm-hmm. I might put hot sauce on it so that it's yeah. you know a little more palatable or but
1: deep fry it. Yeah,
0: but I if that's what I have to do, that's what. Like if you get the results, like I'll do whatever. I'm pretty good to do a diet and to stick with it and to get the results, but. So, yeah, it wasn't like because, woohoo you're going to love yogurt. Like, oh, no, I already <laughs> hate yogurt. Like, that's not going to happen no matter what we do. So that – but, like, compared to some of the other choices that you, mm-hmm. that are on the
1: diet for breakfast, well, it's like, it's mm. You know, it's good to know you're a good sport about something.
0: Yeah, and that's it. That's so it. So let's bear that in mind. It's
1: just dieting. It's just dieting. There's not
0: any other thing that I'm a great okay, sport about. Okay, so
1: but talk to us more about – Overnight oats. Like, what are they? So you add them, and then what's the effect? What do they taste like? Do they taste like the yogurt or a mix? It makes it
0: into oatmeal. Like, the the oats soak it all up, and so... You add blueberries to it. I have to say, even despite that, oh, you add blueberries and you add stevia drops,
1: oh, which helps. are the key to everything. The, the, the key to stevia, though, and this is not a nutrition podcast, so check this with a medical <laughs> professional. So
0: pay no attention to anything pay we're no about to say. To
1: the, fast forward through it the way uh, some people apparently like to fast forward through Jordan Ampersand. Uh, 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 anyway, Um uh, Stevia, like one drop too much, and you are in this tastes like machinery kind of thing. But just shy of that, it's like, oh, there's actually sweet and sugar in this. But one drop too far, it's like metal. It's like a metallic taste. It can
0: go really, it can get really extreme. But yeah, so like, yeah, five or six drops of that stirred in. Like, I get the flavored. Mm -hmm. They have lots of really fun flavors. Um, My favorite is to put a few drops into um, half and half or whipping cream.
1: Mm, 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 I just drink and mm, it's
0: delicious. It's like liquid ice, uh, liquid ice cream. Um, so, so yeah. So I put a few drops of that in and then stir it up and it's not like it could use some refinement. We're going to yeah. have to work on it if it's a thing, but, but it's, it's very convenient. Yeah. Cause you just open the container and off you go. And it has some substance to it. The other thing, when you're on a diet and there. Actually, offering you something that isn't like, here, drink this. Okay, that's it. No more, nothing else for you today. <laughs> um, and you're like, what? Um, yeah. So this has substance in it. You can chew it and stuff, mm, sort of. Yeah.
2: And,
0: yeah. So it's it's nice in that level. It's not amazing, but comparatively speaking, things are so much. It's so much better than what the alternative would be. That it's like, all right. Well, yeah. We'll okay. That, then.
1: Well, uh, moving on. Because I think we've probably exhausted that topic. I
0: don't know. Remember the fried egg story. So we'll um, see. This may become the most important thing we've ever discussed on the show.
1: Did you have big Valentine's Day plans? It's the month of morbid, terrifying, toxic love here at The Dinner Party Show well, presents you, Christopher and Aaron. You know what
0: I say about Valentine's Day. What? Valentine's Day is for people in a relationship. And mm-hmm. I'm not. So. I don't worry about it. Yeah. My plans for Valentine's Day are not to have to worry about yes. it. It's one of the advantages of being single is that when Valentine's Day rolls around, you're not on the hook for shit. Right?
1: right. Absolutely. You can just
0: take the day off. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to get the right flowers, plan the right menu, get the right card, say the yeah. right thing. You didn't even have to shave any of your private parts. You just (laughs) get on with your day.
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed, you do. Okay, so we asked our party people, and I'm not going to dive into this yet. This is for later in the show, but we asked them on one of our Wednesday questions on the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page what is the most romantic thing anyone has ever done for you? I don't know if I have an answer. Oh, your life is so sad. It is. So sad. Do you have an answer? I'm not putting you on the spot now. We can wait. Yeah, we will. Okay, All but right. yeah,
0: I'm, when we're ready, I've got I've got something, and you do too. I mean, I think that the, it's the most romantic thing. So it doesn't have to be the most romantic thing you ever saw or heard of. It's just the most romantic thing that's ever happened to you, and it may be something simple. Like yeah, I always remember when. Jamie came into the village with um, Claire's rap.
1: Mm, your Outlander moment. Outlander,
0: and I cried for an hour and a half because just bringing her rap, I just thought was such a gesture of saying, I was thinking about you. He thought you might be cool. Even cold. when you weren't there, and rather than you being. And probably somebody has done something like that yeah, for you. Totally. So that could be maybe, it's not the most, oh my God, this is so screenworthy. All of that yeah. was in a television show. So, yeah. Kind of screenworthy, but most people didn't talk about it like I did. But they're little acts of, of great romance. Romantic import has to happen in life as well, so I don't think everything has to be a grand gesture. Mine isn't so
1: grand, but yeah, it's always stuck with me. Anyway, so anyway, no big Valentine's Day plans. You were off the hook. No, I mean it's great. It's like I, I also didn't have in,
0: do anything for Chinese New Year, you know, yeah. like, and I didn't feel bad about it. Like I don't celebrate Chinese New Year. It's mm-hmm. nothing against it, you know. Go year of the rabbit. I hope right. it's the one for me. I just don't have any big Chinese New Year plans.
1: Also, coming up in the episode, yes. we should probably address this. It looks like we are going to finally deal with the Jordan Ampersand and question.
0: back to that term,
1: we. we well, you know. It's, it's, you know we, we I listen.
0: will be present for it.
1: So to that extent, Here's what happened. we. But I
0: have already fully accepted the situation with Jordan.
1: We reached out to our party people about Jordan Ampersand recently, and the responses were not exactly what we expected. So we have analyzed them.
0: Surprising, yeah. They were surprising. So we've analyzed
1: them, and Jordan's coming in to um, talk through them with us. Yeah, we're going to have a chat. We're going to have a chat, and we'll see where we go from here because we're always adapting to changes here at TDPS. That's why we begin and end our podcast with exactly the same words every time. Yes, Eric Sharquin. I
0: will say this: what? for those people whose tendency is to um, maybe skip past or skip over the um, mm-hmm. the Jordan Amberson segment, this may be the Jordan Amberson
1: segment for you. This is, I think, exactly.
0: Just think, just just to know, maybe don't fast forward through it right away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, February also used to be the month of Mardi Gras when I lived in New Orleans. It was very often in February. Yes. Sometimes it would be as late as March because it's about whenever Easter falls on the calendar, which has to
0: do with the moon. Does it? Yes, it has does to it... do with the phase of the moon. I don't have more to that. I just sort of
1: brought that up. I didn't.
0: <laughs> so it changes. So sort does of, um. Passover, Passover. Has yeah, it's the all
1: is about the so the church decides when Easter is going to be based on what the moon is doing. Yes. Okay, we'll just that leave sounds, that there because
0: that's weird. That's what Christ would do, like yeah. I because that's so Christian and not pagan at all. Like, yeah, I you know it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I don't know what that's about, but yeah, I think it's because I always thought this, but I I, I kind of was proved wrong because sometimes like I always thought that it was because. The Last Supper was Passover, was Seder, was Mm. Passover. But sometimes Easter comes before Passover, which is like, I don't know how that's possible. But I once again, not a religious authority of any sort or even particularly all that interested. So I'm not sure, but it does. All I know is that it's the moon. Yes. It's all about the moon, babe. Good night, man.
1: I'll tell you, you know, my latest—you do know this. I'm saying this for the benefit of our party people. My latest obsession is I cannot stop watching British documentaries about— The monarchs, I guess you'd call them, like going all the way back, all the different houses. And
0: and right now it's been a particular period.
1: It's been – well, I realized I didn't know anything about the War of the Roses or the Tudors. And everybody talks about them all the time. And I would – ignore. I was like, that's too obvious. I want to talk about a more obscure period. I'm always looking for a story idea. That's part of it, you know. But – Right now, I got really because the War of the Roses. Once you start reading about it, it's like this is like five, ten seasons of a soap opera. Like well, all it's the d-
0: quite a extended period. Yeah, it's an extended time period that those two yeah. houses were fighting with each other for control.
1: And you start to realize that almost every every Game of Thrones storyline is has a, an antecedent, if you will, in actual history. Like the Red Wedding was based on an actual event in medieval history. I haven't found it exactly, but someone invited all of his enemies there to have sort of a peace a piece meal, if you will, and then swords were drawn and they were killed right there yeah, at their even tables. Yeah,
0: the, um, even the uh, the ultimate revenge for that was Titus Andronicus. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where she served the, the, the perpetrator of the Red Wedding. Yeah. Uh, Ariel served the perpetrator of the Red Wedding, a ragu, a pie with yeah. her, his sons baked into it.
1: So I... Um, Spoiler a, alert. A spoiler but alert, but, really, but I'm sorry, yeah. it's too late if you haven't seen that. Titus Andronicus, yeah. Um, astrology. They used astrology a lot back then. They had some form of astrology that to try to predict stuff. Christopher looks like. <laughs> well, I just think that. <laughs> the sense of
0: so. surprise is really. Yeah, I guess so. Like you look for information from the world around you and like what else was there to see back then but <laughs> shit going on in the sky. It was like, what, are you going to watch television? <laughs> yeah. Read a newspaper? Tune into the radio? They had books. They had go books, on the, but not everybody not, could read them. Not, and not many books. Yeah, there they were like really expensive few, manuscripts. And kept locked up in a tower yeah. somewhere for a very relative few. Like it was, yeah, information was not readily available to people, so people looked where they could to find information or clues. And I can't say as I blame them, but... Maybe some of their, uh, maybe some of the conclusions they drew were a little dubious. <laughs>
1: So even though I floated this topic during the break and was called an English major, I still think I want to ask you. It was was the way in
0: which he posed it. The eyebrows went up and his voice went up three registers, And he was like, like that that English teacher says, so now what we want to do is we want to talk about
1: romance. What is this is our Valentine's Day episode, even though I think it's technically rolling out after Valentine's Day. Um, how do we define romance, okay? We asked our party people, what was the most romantic gesture anyone has ever done for you? The answers were always interesting because they are always interesting. Um, But, you know, how do we define romance? You were talking some earlier about your favorite scene from Outlander, and it's a small gesture, right? It's a little thing somebody does for something that says, I am thinking of you. You are first for me in this moment, at least, in my world. Um, and so I don't know. I guess that's my definition of it. But like, yeah, that was
0: mine. As a matter of fact, I well, was the one who brought
1: I'm, up I'm, I'm co-signing if I agree with it. Like, so Christopher is now stealing my material. Yes, you're very possessive of uh, universal ideas yeah, that you brought to it. the table first mm-hmm. that day. Um, <laughs> I also invented the happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> so um but i feeling seen right being seen i think that we talk about that as being a good ingredient of a romance novel like so many of those stories that are popular are about somebody who doesn't get seen being seen by somebody somebody
0: letting you know how closely they are watching you i always tell this story and this wasn't even a romantic moment this was actually a moment with a dear friend um He'd gotten tickets for us to go see a big Broadway show that was in town and whatever, mm-hmm. which was also which was very nice. It what was, was the show? Really fun, Rent. Oh, okay. We had a ball. We sang. We carried really? on. Um, anyway, um, it was fun. It was a fun show to go to because yeah. it was so out there. Anyway, that's not what the story is about. So, his car was broken, and he got a rental, um, car, and he went and got. A ten of altoids, which I was and am addicted to. Altoid smalls. And put them in the pocket of next to my where my seat would be in this rental car so mm-hmm. that I would have exactly what he knew I would want. Right. And it really touched me. Mm-hmm. Like I was really like, wow. Like, I I often tell it to people, this is the kind of thing you want to look for in a potential romantic partner if they are seeing you at this level, for him to have taken... Because this is a friend who never... who couldn't tell you when my birthday was if you paid him or his life depended on it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, Mm -hmm. never showed up for that kind of stuff. So it was unexpected. Um, Those are things you also want to look out for in a romantic Mm -hmm. partner. Would not have been great at that. Um, But to have that kind of... That, that sort of really laser vision about who you are and what you're doing. and So being seen in that kind of way, not just in a general way or in a way that they want to see you, but knowing that that would be special to me, that that would be important to me. It wasn't right. like he went out and bought a $20, a $30 box of Godiva's um, because that would still have been lovely, but it wouldn't have perfectly been exactly what he knew I wanted. So mm-hmm. being known to the other right. person— is really, I think I. I always thought that was a great example, and I I always commend that to people who are. Well, I can't tell. Is it? Is it in his eyes? <laughs> oh no! Right, it's just right.
1: in, yeah, it's in his Altoid tins. It's in the seat pocket of his car. It's 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 not there at all.
0: And his attentiveness. It's in her, her awareness of who you are.
1: Eric Creech had this to say, another Eric, also spelled with a C. He says, I think romance is not some big gesture. It's choosing to go through life with someone. It's enjoying the good times and healing the bad times. Romance is forgiving when they are wrong and asking for forgiveness when you are wrong. It's choosing to experience it all with someone. So far, my wife and I have done this, and I hope to continue.
0: That's lovely, yeah. Like having the fight and still loving each other and going on even afterwards, like yeah.
1: Well, yeah, you make that decision that you're not going to pull the ripcord with someone as easily as you might pull it with a friend you're less close with, or someone, or your your parents.
0: <laughs> They're Certainly. driving your crazy. Out yeah, you're yeah, out. You people are history. Huh? You're no, I'm out of
1: here. But yeah, no more Mother's Day cards for you. Patricia Senneville says the most romantic thing. Somebody has ever done for her was ask her to marry him. Aww, I don't know if it, she doesn't go on to say whether or not it's, it's the nature of the proposal. If it, you know, no,
0: I think it's making that commitment to another person. I think it's what I think it's what Eric was talking about. It's right. about saying I, I choose you. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see this through with you. Right. Like I think that's an enormous um, commitment. I think that's
1: very romantic. That is very romantic. I wonder what that feels like. Anyway, Angelina Farmer has a lot to say on the topic of this question. Anytime my husband randomly gets me something just because he saw it and thought I'd love it. And for anything he sees in this category that we cannot afford, he takes a picture and sends it to me in a text. Aw, I love that. That is really sweet. Have you heard of Google Lens? I'm sorry, this is not Angelina anymore. Have you seen Google Lens? Those glasses? No, this is, we have iPhones, so you have to get the Google app on your iPhone, but it's a little, in the Google search blank, it's a little, I think, a camera icon, and you hit it, and you point your camera at it, and it does a visual search for what that is. If it's a car, it can tell you the make, model, and year. If it's a product, obviously, it's going to try to get you to buy it somewhere, but it's like... A tree. I'm going to start using it on trees. Somebody showed me the other day. You pointed at a tree. It tells you what type of tree it is. Isn't it's like, that
0: interesting? I
1: feel like most of being a writer is wondering what the god's name that tree is called because it's everyone says everything in LA is a giant ficus. It doesn't matter. Oh, it's a giant ficus. It's not a giant ficus.
0: Well, up. I'm really glad to hear that because recently they've kind of downgraded their image search. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be much more sort of all embracing, and now you have they want a particular type of photograph. and fuck You really have... Yeah, that that Try Google Lens. That feature used to really be great, and now it kind of sucks now. I'll try Google Lens. Maybe that'll fix it. I, I don't know.
1: Okay, Angelina. I'm sorry I got distracted, but I just thought, you know, maybe if also your husband could use Google Lens, it would be even more romantic. This has been a paid promotion for Google Lens. No, I'm just kidding. It hasn't been.
0: I wish, but if they want to pay us, we'll take the money.
1: We'll take a check. It doesn't matter how big or small it is, she goes on. If he knows I'll love it, he'll show it to me, if not... Get it for me, the latest for Christmas, he got me a dinosaur dig kit from, <laughs> from Jurassic World Dominion. <gasps> It's just a brick of clay-like material that has 13 plastic T-Rex skeleton pieces, a plastic amber piece, and a blue velociraptor figurine. You're supposed to carefully use the plastic hammer and chisel tools to find and excavate the before-mentioned pieces.
0: How fun.
1: Well, I'm not a paleontologist, I do love digging in the dirt for treasures, which is what an archaeologist does, she says, and this is the closest I'm getting as of late, and he knew I missed digging for things. When I finished that one, he found me another... I have no idea how much these things cost, but he loves hearing the tapping and scraping from my office. And the cats, for some reason, love to try to help. Yes, cats love to dig, right? Don't they?
0: Well, they're usually gonna shit on it, so you want to heads up, <laughs> Angelina.
1: <laughs> at least they're not trying to fertilize the soil. Is one of my darling furry. Uh, there we go. And there it is. So
0: yeah, archaeologist you
1: got it. did at it, the dig. He tagged along with accidentally. He did it in a colleague's area, whom I wasn't getting along with at the time, so I didn't scold him too much, but I also didn't warn said colleague.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the other great part of that gift is that you know there are treasures because I would expect the really difficult part of being an archaeologist is. Most of the time, there's just dirt.
1: Yeah, you don't turn up anything. There's nothing. Yeah. That's really I mean, You shame. go with your
0: best guess and your best research and your best whatever, but there's no guarantee that there's going to be any treasure.
1: It's like looking for oil. <laughs> Only the oil is the old, valuable, dead things, which is what oil is, too. See, it all comes full circle. Um. Marie Brandt has this to say in response to the question, my ex did something super romantic to lure me back into his web back then, but for the life of me, I cannot remember what the hell it was.
0: Well, that was all it took, so <laughs> that works.
1: I was hooked on DeSarno sours back then, so he probably made me one naked or something. Mm. That's Any- great. Anyway, I love your show. Thank you, Marie. We strip love you, Monopoly too. Strip Monopoly is also great. Is it? Strip <laughs> Monopoly?
0: <laughs> yeah, taking, it really is taking off your clothes with the uh, another person present.
1: Yeah, totally. That can be a lot of fun.
0: That can be fun. Yeah, and Monopoly is as good an excuse as anything.
1: Totally. All right. Greg Fogg says, while giving flowers is usually a romantic gesture, a male friend gave me flowers on my birthday once, and it still stands out in my mind. No man has given me flowers before or since, although I wish they would. We should send Greg flowers. That's yes. Yeah, we should send him. And it won't mean anything, though, because he knows it. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, and we
0: don't know how to If you're a man Greg
1: out there, send Greg flowers. We can't
0: even manage to send people the prizes from contests <laughs> that we actually have in plan. So let's leave poor Greg alone, shall
1: we? <laughs> That's not Greg. Greg, please don't get your hopes up. We as love a, you, and we love your comments. As a kindness,
0: Greg, we will not promise to send you anything.
1: If something <clears throat> arrives,
0: surprise, but I wouldn't count on let's it. Let's send Greg flowers two years we, from now. We won't remember that we said
2: this oh, as soon as we're finished my God. recording. And
1: how are we going to... We can't remember to take care of our own party people, how are we ever gonna take care of boyfriends? I think we need boyfriends who will take care of us. That's what I think. Yeah. What kind of man are you looking for, Eric Shark? Oh my god. <laughs> let's put that out there in the universe oh my god <laughs> start with height start with all that sort of stuff it's just insane <laughs> I think
0: that I think that you know like you're probably better qualified to answer because you've seen who I but yeah we always tall bony um takes instructions well bright-eyed but I you know like that's that's really kind of not true like here's me and here's what I you know whatever but I'm not necessarily looking for somebody who's a pushover because I'm kind of a steamroller, so Mm -hmm. I can push everybody over. So somebody who's got a boundary enough to say, nope, that's this part I'm going to be. Like, I like somebody to be in charge of a lot of stuff. Like, I want to be in charge exclusively of the stuff that I want to be in charge of. Like
1: Greater Christmasville. And
0: that's it. Like, I used to think for years and years I didn't get a Christmas tree because I wanted – I was saving it for that special time when i would go with somebody else to the lot and get a christmas tree and it would be so romantic it would be so wonderful and then i turned 40 and i went girl you better go get yourself a christmas tree
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or you're never going to have one so i went I went got several christmas trees and then i through financial reverses and whatever i wound up with a roommate for a short and really ugly period i have to add um though i subsequently had a good roommate i had several real duds along the the way and now I don't have any more, which is much better for everybody concerned, um, particularly the roommates. Probably, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so I took the roommate with me to the um, the tree lot, and he like had an opinion about which tree we were going to get. Oh my God. I was oh my. not crazy, cut about him that. at the knees. So I want somebody to hold the door while I get in the his Range Rover, mm-hmm. drive me to the lot. Stand back while I pick up the tr- pick out the tree, right. Get it tied up to the car, pay for it, drive me home, carry it upstairs, and then get lost while I decorate the tree. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of division of labor that I'm looking for. Yeah, totally. So, there are certain things that I want don't want to be responsible for, like that sort of mix of like not having to do everything. Uh, for years and years my mom used to do my taxes, and the <laughs> conclusion every year there would be a little prayer of Next year, let there be a husband to do the taxes. (laughs) That was your prayer or her prayer? Well, I assumed that it was hers as well, but I shared it with her. And she was always just sort of
2: "Hmm,"
0: Mm -hmm. quiet about it. I think she was happy to do it for me, but I think she was delighted when a business manager took over and would have been even happier if there had been a special person for me. But, you know, so it's not just that. It's not about service and whatever, but it is that sort of like I really like Success is probably really smart, talented, successful. Those are the things that are the biggest turn-ons for me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's great if somebody has a 12-pack or whatever, but you know that's not going to last. So right. that can't really be the the primary choice. Um I like somebody who takes care of themselves, but um, beyond that, and I'm old they enough that, you know, regularly. Old folks can't be choosers. Um, I've old <laughs> <laughs> enough that it's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but— um, but I really do like competence and uh, and confidence and self assuredness and somebody who could say yeah no I'm not going to do that or yeah. you know no I, I don't agree with you not in a mean way but in a way that says that they have their own thing. What about you Christopher? I'm pocket at, gay. Who, I like a
1: little bubbly enthusiastic pocket gay who's excited about stuff who can counterbalance my internal darkness. Um, and has sort of a nurturing nature. I don't need someone who's not sort of big as success, has a lot of a nurturing nature. I don't need someone who's a big success. Christopher
0: needs somebody to take care of him. Because I'm a fucking mess. No. And I just think that's the division of labor that works yeah. best for you. Totally. Like one of the things that works great about our business partnership here is there were certain things that Christopher is more. That are more his thing, and there are certain things that are more my thing, and it really blends well together.
1: Yes, it does. And I think
0: that kind of connection is really important because if you're both trying to do the same stuff, then you just end up with arguments, and the other half of the stuff didn't get done. <laughs>
1: That's right, at
0: Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. Hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and I'd like to take a moment to congratulate my co-host and producing partner, Christopher Rice. He's got not one, but four new books coming out in 2022.
1: Going back to the responses from our romantic, lovely party people. Right. What was the question? What is the most romantic thing anyone has ever right. done for you? So Natalie Gudermundson says, nerd alert, she says inside uh. of uh, asterisks. My husband knows I am trying to learn Icelandic, so for my birthday, he handwrote a full set of vocabulary flashcards for me of Icelandic words he knows I will find useful. Wow. I have no idea when he was working on these without me noticing, since there are about 200 of them but it was so incredibly sweet, and I use them every day. Heart emoji and nerd emoji. Yes. I love that story.
0: That's really lovely.
1: That is really good. Like a romantic gesture you can use more than once. Like once you've had your orgasm, like it's that's that's really refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> Longer than a night. Okay. Um, let's one night see. Only, one night. All right. A different take on this question came from S. J. McMillan. Some folks have never had anyone ever romantically interested in them. No, really, it's true. This notion might be difficult to comprehend as our culture is utterly clueless to the fact that some people are off everyone's love radar. Now, now this is described as an edit by SJ. Okay, the notion that some folks have never been the romantic interest of anyone isn't entirely unknown in our culture. It's been used a fair bit in fiction, books, movie, TV, as the sad starting point of a story about the odd person out discovering love. Then there's a happily ever after ending because romantic love makes everything perfect. It also seems a fair number of fictional psycho killers are insane loveless loners because everyone knows if you can't find somebody who loves you, there's definitely something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a TDPS take on this question. Perfect for Morbid Toxic Love Week. But, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's the
0: also I think there are also um, really interesting, fun aspects in fiction and whatchamacallit, and I'm bringing this up without having my, brought my examples, of char- unique, eccentric characters who are perfectly happy with their lives. In fact, there have been movies that I thought there was a – it was a romance story with, it ended up being a romance story with Katherine Heigel and um, Josh Dumel mm-hmm. um, ending up, I think she and they like got pregnant as a result of a one night stand. And so they ended up having more connection to each other than they wanted. And I was really hoping that they wouldn't wind up in a relationship together that they would be able to find common ground and be the parents to this kid that they needed to be because they had nothing in common and they were a terrible match. Mm -hmm. They ended up getting together, which, you know, just is going to lead to a hideous divorce and more hardship for the child that the child doesn't need. Um, And I think think you're right, SJ. I think that more people need to embrace different ideas of what that means.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the, I have
0: plenty of love relationships in my life, and I have never been in a pair-bonded relationship
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, of any note or significance. Well, we get
1: this all the time when we talk about this, people saying this, well, you all should be in a relationship. And it's like, what's wrong with our friendship? We are in a relationship. I, like, like, well, what's we've wrong been with... friends
0: for 20 years, yeah. for God's sake. I think that's a relationship.
1: Like, But it's that desperate. It's like, well, you have to pick the person you're close with and closest with and make it a sexual relationship. Like, Which why? I,
0: I think that's what an optimal romantic relationship would be, but, but it isn't necessarily the only option for love relationships. So I think it is important that we not discount the love relationships that we do have in our lives, even if they don't fit the uh, Julia Roberts pretty woman or, you know, runaway bride scenario. Um, And I think it's also that we just embrace being a complete person, you know, fish without a bicycle notion of ourselves. Like, I do not need somebody else to complete me. I think that it would be great to find somebody else, but I don't think it's essential. Obviously, I've, you know, lived most of my life this way. Maybe all of it. Who knows?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Amy Bellino had a very um, interesting response, as always. She started talking by the fact that her husband doesn't celebrate Valentine's Day. He thinks it's commercialized, and so she doesn't really get Valentine's Day presents. But even though that stings a little... bit He has found some of the neatest presents for me that he bought just because he wanted to make me happy. I love pens, and back when we were dating, he came home with a pen that is also a lighter and is refillable. A cigarette lighter or a highlighter? That's a good—it must be a lighter. Um, Is it refillable ink or refillable lighter fluid? I don't know. (laughs) know Amy, clarify. Come to the page and clarify. That was the first really neat out-of-the-blue present he gave me. I collect skull art also. He found me a gorgeous skull carved out of bone when we were in Cozumel. He found me a beautiful poster from Burning Man a few years ago depicting a robot sitting on a bench contemplating humanity by holding a skull. I've seen that poster. That's actually a great poster. I love that poster. I rarely have to ask him for something, but if I do, he's going to find the best of the best for me. I recently told him I missed having a car, so I asked him to get me one. He asked, what do you want? And I said, a red one. He was like, no. What kind of car do you want? I said, I don't care. Just make sure it's red. Well, he got the fanciest, reddest Cadillac he could find. It's a unique color of burgundy called limited addiction red. Not addiction? Addition. Is it addition?
0: I'm, i it has to be limited. It says addiction.
1: addiction if it's but...
0: called limited addiction red, I love that. That's my favorite new color name, but and... I think it's probably uh, Siri doing autocorrect.
1: Favorite new wave band name. Um, And he customized it for me. I have black skulls with garnet eyes, valve system covers on my tires, and sugar skulls in the back window. I could go on for hours about the many ways he's shown his love through his presence. So I don't really hold it against him that he doesn't celebrate Valentine's Day. I think
0: you might be limiting him if you made him celebrate Valentine's Day. He sounds pretty expressive.
1: So here was someone who raised an interesting point. Janet Avery said, these weekly questions are pretty personal. Do these questions and our answers have to be public? And Shay Butters, always on the case on our Facebook page, responded that you have the option of answering these questions anonymously. If you want us to you include the content on the show but don't want us to say your name, direct message the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page, your answer. We've had people do that before. I think we right. had it the last time we did one. And if you don't
0: want us to tell anybody, just say so and won't tell anybody.
1: Yeah, totally. You can just, it'll just be the three of us. Uh, let's see. What else did people say? Don't count shea butters. Don't, I never do. Don't count this. butter. Stephen M. Fink wanted to point out we had this question last year. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Good for you, Stephen.
0: Thanks for paying. <laughs> thanks for listening for more than a year. That's great. That's great. We didn't run you off. I guess this is you know like it's up this time of year. I can't see that we wouldn't do whatever. I kind of thought that too because I feel like I've told my answer to this question.
1: Yeah. Before and i didn't have an answer before either so um
0: so what's your answer now
1: i don't know if i have an answer now i feel like the the most romantic thing well you know like you got me a gift once that was pretty romantic which was something from sapphire cove the first sapphire cove um. book to celebrate the publication, there's a character in the book is on a first date and he really overdoes it with a gift for the someone.
0: Stupidest thing I've ever heard. It was horrifying. <laughs> I was screaming as I was reading the book.
1: Oh, don't do that! Don't do Connor, that! Little Connor Harcourt is really into this guy, and he gives him a cowboy boot full of Reese's peanut butter cups because he said he loved Reese's peanut butter cups with and like he likes gold wire on it. it, and it because he's a Marine Corps, it's like it's way too much and um, way too much. And so you gave me the cowboy boot full of. uh I found just a a, a fancy
0: ceramic cowboy boot and filled it with peanut butter. Oh, is it it ceramic?
1: I was wondering why. It looks really good. Doesn't it? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vase. Yeah. That was probably one of the more romantic things. And, you know, I was dating a guy who got me a birthday cake with a plane on it because I was such a plane nerd. And sometimes those obsessive nerdy things that you love, you feel insecure about. And so when Mm -hmm. someone else validates them, you know. That was right. But, you know, it's like, it gets back to that thing of, like, I've never had a boyfriend really blow my doors off with something romantic.
0: Well, you just haven't you
1: are You are holding your tongue. You just haven't the, yet. I just haven't yet. Yeah.
0: Like, rather than seeing it as, I, you know, like, but you've had plenty of, like, amazing, um, like, one of my favorites of your birthdays was when you turned 30 and, Christopher tried this thing of, well, oh, I've got a book signing. I can't possibly celebrate my 30th birthday. Yeah, no, That's I'm not good. going to yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. So I immediately got in touch with his publishers and we had right. a banner made to hang at the signing that said the cut, the name of the book and wish Christopher. And the bookstore got involved and they got a birthday cake made that looked like the book itself. And then I called and emailed everybody we knew, so they all came to the book signing. So we still had a book signing, but we also celebrated Christopher's thirtieth birthday because there was no way he was going to fly under the radar with
1: that. No, that was probably. I'm too busy. To... I'm
0: much too busy. I, I, I
1: thought it was the end. I was a stupid, superficial LA boy. I thought it was going to be the end of everything. Thirty, and really, it was the beginning. It Was the and beginning then we of went life. Out to dinner,
0: and that's where that fabulous story about I've yeah. had tea before came yes, from. Us.
1: Absolutely, your thirtieth birthday dinner at. Banderas? Bandera here in in West, no, in Los Angeles, a steakhouse owned by Something the people the who West started side. Houston's. So yeah, I yeah, it's just one of those things like I think that you got to look for it where it is and I think that it's almost like we're kind of addressing or responding to SJ's comment, which is like the the romance, the romance in your life doesn't always come from someone you're having sex with. Right. You know, because if it is about being seen and recognized and acknowledged. And loved. And loved, absolutely. And loved. Yeah. But, like, I, ha- I don't want to sound like this. It sounds like, you know, but I have done romantic things for boyfriends. Like, I have pulled all the stops out.
0: And that's really cool.
1: And it's sometimes specific to who they are. Right, it has to be. I think it, for a gesture to work, it has to be. It can't yeah. just be the flowers and the dinner. It has no. to have I mean, a that's personal nice, element. But
0: it's not very personalized. Yeah,
1: and I think when you hear people complaining about what their significant others hasn't done, it's that they they haven't taken any time. They haven't spent any time on it. It's just I got some flowers on the right. way home. And I brought you some chocolates, and it's whatever. like the other version says I'm listening. Like you're saying, anyway. Yeah, paying attention to you. But Rhonda Reeves had this to say: She says every woman's dream is that a man will take her in her, his arms, throw her into bed, and clean the whole house while she sleeps. So oh, dreamy. <laughs> Veronica Castro J says he wrote my name in the snow when he was working in another country, and she posted a picture of it. Then something similar to Shakira happened to me, and now I sing her song. Oh, I don't know what that means. Wow. Would That's, you... oh,
0: I'm so sorry, darling. I'm oh, so no. sorry. Oh, what happened? Shakira's husband has very publicly uh, left her for a younger model. And it is one of the most hideous public breakups Shakira has. Um, Shakira's mother-in-law lives next door, so she's gotten a giant witch and mounted it on the side of the house facing the mother-in-law, and she recorded this revenge, um, uh, you know, track uh, talking about who he was, that he's traded in a Rolex for a Casio. He's gotten a Casio endorsement deal out of it. Wow. Um, Yeah, yeah, that he's traded a Maserati for a, a Yugo or whatever, and he showed up driving a Yugo at some, you know, like, or whatever. I don't know what car it was, but something... Smaller than the way something less remarkable than what she's really pissed and she's really letting him have it in a very public way. Wow, yeah, it's it is a really bad um, divorce. I actually, um, I would also recommend Flowers from uh, uh Miley Cyrus, it's my mm-hmm. that's my current favorite revenge, and I'm not even in a revenge mode. But if you're looking right for,
1: now, currently, but you could be soon if
0: you're, you're right, so it's good to have them on tap. Um, it's um, I shares I found someone is nice but you have to have found someone mm-hmm. um the um but the, yeah Miley Cyrus's flowers is sort of belated um but very much being called a revenge song against Liam so
1: okay so yeah mm-hmm. all right uh, so yeah I'm sorry girl sorry yeah that's rough I didn't realize but
0: I'm that. glad about the you know the the memories you know like how <laughs> perfect that the snow is because God gave us memories so we could have roses in December, so I'm glad it's the, the memory is actually preserved in the snow for all times, even though he's not.
1: Paul, but we don't know where he is.
0: Well, if Shakira has anything yeah. to say about it, it's got yeah, a. I
1: I hope Veronica can talk to Shakira magic. and get some advice. Paul Budge yeah. has this to say. The guy I was first seeing first said, I love you after I helped him set up his DJ equipment for a wedding in the Idaho Historical oh. Museum Gardens. That's a lovely story. All right. Let's see, did I miss anyone? Did I miss anyone? Catherine Blair. Not sure if this qualifies as romantic or not. It was my last day at work and I'd made friends with the front desk guards. Mm. He and I were especially close. He got me a bouquet of flowers. I cried all the way home. It was so sweet of him. Aww. See, there were a lot there were a lot I felt sheepish about having a you know, an answer that wasn't from a boyfriend, but a lot of people had answers that were not from right. boyfriends. Even from exes. Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? It still doesn't like I'm not in a relationship, and that doesn't mean that there wasn't still romantic stuff in my life.
1: Yeah, totally. Now what's the least romantic? <laughs> That'll be next year around this time. We'll finally we'll, ask.
0: We'll show Mr. Fink.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Steven.
0: Stephen, next year we're gonna do what's the least romantic thing so you can start working on it
1: now. What is the opposite of romance though? What do you think? How would you define the opposite
0: of romance? Oh my god, like the person that you just absolutely makes you want to run in the other direction. The loath most loathsome thing that anybody's right. ever done for you. The creepiest thing that everybody, the, the most creepery thing that anybody, or ever it's done.
1: just completely ignoring you, not seeing you, trying to sort of erase your presence, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, actually, yeah. Letting you, the thing that is the most hurtful to me is the, is the people who have made it clear that I'm somehow not worthy, that mm-hmm. I'm not enough, right? Like there have been people that I have been interested in along the way who I've made it clear and rather than just saying oh no sorry you know Mm -hmm. they have kind of gone out of their way to be extravagant about Mm -hmm. making it clear that I was just how could I
2: Mm -hmm.
0: how could I (laughs) there's one guy who's currently like I was older than him and Mm -hmm. he was the one showing interest so I wouldn't have been interested in him if he hadn't been Mm -hmm. and then he did that um, um, at the end and now he is in a relationship with somebody who is the same amount younger than him mm-hmm. than he was than me, which I've, right. I've been like, mm, well, there it is. So yeah, completely unable to see yourself. Huh? But it, the most romantic thing that ever happened to me, which I told the last time we did this story was somebody who did, it did not work out, but mm-hmm. we were cleaning his house. I know you'll remember yeah, right. the story. We were cleaning it me his cry house. made the first time you told me. Yeah. And, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a row house, it was tall, and I was on the top floor, and we were doing all of this backload of laundry, we hadn't done laundry in forever, and he came up, it was this cloudless, beautiful Carolina day with this blue, Carolina blue sky and the cold wind blowing through, and we were inside and he came up with all of this um, laundry and stuff, and I was making up the bed, the wind, the the shears on the windows were blowing in from the the outside, and he had put on Uh, Livingston Taylor's I will be in love with you was the name of the song, which I didn't think it was, it wasn't our song. Maybe it would have been if we had made something of it. Um, and it was, but it was playing when he came in the room and I was otherwise occupied with, uh, being, uh, on the bed. And he just swept me up in his arms singing Mm. that song, spun me around in the air and then fell into the bed in those warm, delicious, clean sheets. Um, I will be in love with you. I'll be in love with you. It was just, Mm -hmm. it just took my breath away. It was just the most, and I still think of it, it was just such a beautiful, perfect Mm -hmm. moment of expression because it was about his the the depth of his feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. being so freely and openly expressed. That was the thing that was so moving about me. I don't know that it addressed me particularly or I think anybody would be swept away by it, but it was... The sincerity and the, the um, the unguardedness of the way in which he expressed his feelings—that was really, yeah, that was really lovely, yeah. And it still sticks with me. And I probably told it last year, Mr. Fink.
1: I know. (laughs) Now we're like, oh, sorry, this is just a repeat of an episode. Sorry. Okay. So, we, or as you like to say, I, have finally decided to deal with the Jordan Ampersand question. We had some issues. He didn't show up for his last appearance. We've had some feedback from the party people about all of his appearances on this podcast, because we introduced him many years ago on the Dinner Party Show. So, I think it's time to bring him in. You think it's time to bring him in? Uh, You know, in a manner of speaking, yes. Come. In, Jordan. Have
0: a seat.
2: Oh, my God. You're both here at the same time. I was starting to think you're the same old person.
0: We are so happy to see you.
2: You are? We have something very special for you. Like, actually special or something nerds think is special? A mix of both. Really? I thought you guys were pissed at me because I couldn't show up last time.
0: Couldn't show up or wouldn't show up?
2: Kind of a mix of both. I went to this party in Los Feliz and suddenly I was in Mexico dressed like a pony. Whatever, that's showbiz. I figured. Well, enough about all that. You see, Jordan, we had a
0: very interesting experience. We thought it was time to ask the party people
2: what they thought of your contributions. Their responses were, hmm exciting. Cause I'm exciting. But listen, I know they're probably crazy about me, but I cannot commit to doing more of the show than I'm already doing. I'm completely maxed out with Grinder for the next few months. Well, several
1: of them thought we should honor you with a very special dessert. Do you have time for that?
2: I always have time for dessert. Gimme. Here, have a slice of this cake. Don't mind if I do. It looks yummy. Mm. What's in the middle? Peanut butter. And taffy. Uh, um.
0: That's right. Party people Cindy mm. Conforti and Michelle Schweitzer both suggested you be given either taffy or peanut butter every time you come on the show.
1: So we decided to split the difference.
2: But I can
1: That's right. And because you can't talk, we thought this was a perfect time to tell you what the party people really think of you. We're calling it a tribute to Jordan Ampersand.
0: Brandon, cue the ironic, sentimental music, please. This one's from Jenna Rowden. She says, Jordan's appearances are a convenient reminder that I can skip ahead to a point where Jordan is
1: no longer speaking. Shelly Mint says I'm not a fan of Jordan. But if he must make an appearance, have him count silently while Eric and Christopher do another crime story. Justine Adamack says I fast forward through his appearances. I find him intolerable. Worse, he cuts into Christopher and Eric's time. Jay Braden Quinn says, I think Jordan is better seen than heard. A good ball gag and a spanking would do him good. If he must speak, I'm sure we would all appreciate his insights and in how he intends to live past 30 if he makes it that far. Derek Creech says,
0: Honestly, I'm not a fan of Mr. Ampersand. I personally like the banter between
1: Christopher and Derek... Moment. Catherine Tabor Sidlet says, I'm also not a Jordan fan. I often listen in the car and so am unable to fast forward through Jordan while driving. The show was better without him. Well, Jordan, there you have it. If they don't like you, and we don't like you, we had to ask ourselves, what the fuck are you doing here? And as much as we'd like to fire you, we can't say those two words on the air without making everyone think of a certain former president.
0: So we came up with a signature tagline of our own. Get Get out. out!
2: You bitches haven't seen the last of me.
0: Maybe we haven't,
1: but they have. So, now that that's out of the way... Next week we're back to True Crime TV Club. We are going to be doing an episode of the Playboy Murders, continuing the toxic, uh, morbid love trend here on uh, this month.
0: (laughs) It just gets worse every time. It's toxic love month. That's it. Toxic. Cut to the chase.
1: Toxic love month. TLM. TLM. Hashtag TLM. TDPSTLM. Bunny Meets Bachelor is the name of the episode. The show is called The Playboy Murders. It's season one, episode one. It's on Discovery+.
0: Plus. It is. And probably uh, Discovery ID for free.
1: Yes, absolutely. Which means you have to watch commercials, but whatever works Still for you. Still free. Um, uh, it's standard disclaimer, you do not have to watch the episode to know what we are talking about. We serve it up for you in such salacious, steaming detail that you will feel like you endured it, but with two very, very witty gay men. So <laughs> so that's what we do here.
0: Dateline with
1: loudmouth gay boys. <laughs> Gayline. Gayline. <laughs> <laughs> my gayverit murder. Didn't somebody call us that a while ago? <laughs> I love that. My gay murder. it my murder. sister? Uh, I think it might. Maybe it was. I can believe it. <laughs> All right. Enough laughing. Until then and forever after, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. Thanks. This is TDPS.